0: hi everyone welcome to more tea vicar it's james and wayne we're in each other's houses socially distant like the rest of you um but emotionally and spiritually close oh, I um,
1: you, we're not in each other's houses i'm in my house and you're in your house
0: yeah that's right okay well anyway um uh, welcome um uh, it's lovely to have you with us listening um and it's lovely to see how many people have been listening online um today uh we are conscious of the fact that it's it's week two for everyone in um in lockdown in isolation and um, many of you have been at it a lot longer and um whilst joe wicks um is still enthusiastic we can sort of sense the the um, enthusiasm waning slightly um and um just we're we're conscious that for a lot of people there's a sen- sense of realization that this is what it's going to be like for quite a long time and, and that dawning realization um it, it isn't necessarily good for people's mental health and well-being um, mm-hmm. and so in this session I'm just going to ask Wayne a little bit about um how he um has navigated um, challenges in his own mental health and well-being um, in the past, but also w- what he sees going on at, at, at the moment in society. Um, so, um, Wayne, if you could just, um, uh, just tell people who are listening for the first time, they may not even have met you, um, just a summary of um, the last five years, isn't it, of, of your kind of journey around mental health?
1: oh uh yeah so uh i suppose i've always presented as a um, i've always presented as a happy go lucky person and generally apparently quite good with people um, deep down inside i've always been a little bit more fearful of others than I think many people realize although it turns out more people are aware of that than i was um and then um and also more kind of living my life um a range of responses from people from being liked to being seen to be doing what I do well to approval and then there was a season probably about from about yeah close to five four and a half years ago where uh over a period of looking back it was about a year but basically every four or five weeks um, something happened that meant I looked like um anything from an idiot to a failure in front of a whole bunch of people and uh, and I likened it to being hit by like a wave you know, and every time I stood up, getting hit by another wave, and and uh, it ended with me being diagnosed with depression at the time, and uh, and then be kind of beginning a, I suppose, a journey that uh, was slow and steady out of that space, discovering um, more about who I am, what I'm like, what I need, and also, crucially, the lies that I tell myself or had been telling myself about
0: about me as well and about others and me. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and um, uh, it was an honour to walk with you through that period and what I saw was um, a commitment to um, friendship a commitment to um getting help from a counselor um but but in particular it was striking watching your journey through um in in terms of your um your life of prayer um i it would be i think it'd be really good for people to hear a bit about that now as as they are beginning to experience mental and emotional turbulence. So I see
1: this as a um, I, there were a couple of uh, three three gifts that I think I, I kind of received in that season. Um, it, I mean, it all began I think for me walking to midnight Christmas Eve, walk, walking to our midnight service, and suddenly sort of breaking into tears and not knowing why I was doing that. but the the gifts that I received coming out of all of that were um, number one, a brilliant medic who said, step one is uh, he said, I know you like cycling. So I'm going to basically prescribe you cycling. I'm going to check you've been doing exercise. Number two, I'm going to find you a counselor and then we're going to hold off on drug on drugs if we can. He said, because not for It's not for everybody, the drugs route. And we want to, and actually that was a real gift him telling me, actually, you need to go and do this, you know, cycling. And then, um, Somebody at the diocese put me in touch with a, a brilliant counsellor who was really good help. And then the other thing, which was a kind of an internal gift, I see it as a gift for the Lord, was I just had this awareness that I needed to pare back a whole load of stuff that I did or listened to or read and and up my spiritual discipline. So I just started reading a Phil Pullman book uh, when it all kicked off, and I just stopped because actually I thought, you know, his dark materials is not going to be the kind of thing I should be reading. So I only read... Um, christian books but i like christian biographies or um uh, or the bible and stuff for a season and i stopped listening to um i realized i was beginning to listen to a lot of Radiohead, um and so I stopped, <laughs> I stopped listening to non-christian music and that was like i kind of just i don't know where that came from but just this sense that i needed to do that mm. uh, i'm not even a heavy i'm not a heavy drinker anyway but i said oh, actually i'm not going to touch any alcohols so there was and just there was this, there was this point where I suddenly it like it just hit me. You need to do this, this, and this. And what struck me was going through it was I didn't lose my faith. And I didn't lose the desire to worship. It's just everything was just quite flat. Um, and and so for a season I started doing that and, and it, it's felt like uh for a while it wasn't making a difference. But you're slowly building up a deposit that does make a difference. The other thing is um, can be at times quite, you know, extemporary prayer. So I have prayer made on my phone and it'll say today pray for this brother and I will just pray for him and I will pray for what I know what's going on in his life. But I found myself in that season, you know, after maybe reading the Bible, looking at a name and not knowing what to pray because my brain just wasn't working. So what I started doing was I started using the liturgy of the Church of England, daily prayer, which basically you have to read it. Uh, and so there are seasons where you, you can't just pray extemporally and you can't just pray through a list of people because you don't even know what you, you want to say. And so this sense of taking these prayers that had been written uh, and saying them uh, was really, really helpful. And there was a sense that I kind of knew that if I if I didn't start my day that way, that my days weren't the happiest anyway, but would be an awful lot worse. So that was the last gift. It was this kind of this gift of a discipline um,
0: that then over time made a real difference. And what did you discover about God in that season?
1: Um, I think I discovered uh, two things. I think I discovered he's good. Uh, and I think I discovered he's as much there when you're feeling pretty crap about yourself uh, as he is when you're feeling good about yourself. Uh, I kind of discovered uh, or rediscovered an awareness of, I think, of unconditional love. And awareness of being able to sit in his presence and and everything not be all right um even if his presence kind of didn't feel there but just the, so that one uh and i also discovered that um uh that most of the things i was just i was learning about myself that were kind of like not very good he already knew about and and actually didn't think they were very good either and wanted to deal with them <laughs> which is you know, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so he can be he, he can be lovingly brutal with you sometimes, uh, um,
0: yeah, and um, we are acutely conscious that people um, uh, who um, have previously felt mentally strong and stable, um, living a healthy, vibrant Christian life, might now, as a result of the turbulence of um, today's times um, uh, feel less like that um, and is there anything that you would want to say to them at this point
1: yeah so I think the one thing that it, so, so these kind of experiences are um, unique and different for for everybody because it's your brain and your head so somebody once asked me you know something about it and I said well you know this is my story I have to take responsibility for me um but but one of the things that seems to be quite common when um either anxiety or depression strikes and and i'm not talking about for me i'm talking so for some of us this is a mental imbalance in our brain and we you know Mm. for some of us it is it is more the kind i was going through. but when that strikes the first temptation is to take yourself away from people and to remove yourself from relationships or to remove yourself from being vulnerable and actually it's it's the it's the reverse that is really true. You need people always, but you need people more when you're weak. And the Bible's quite clear on that. And so there's a sense of um, not pushing people away um, and letting people in. And and because that's really hard for the person who's going through it, it then means that everybody else who recognises or spots this needs to work really hard to draw close. Yeah. Um, so you need others. And then I think the other thing as well is I think the new is is this is rhythm actually. So we're one of the reasons that this will become quite an anxious time for us all is is our normal rhythms and our normal patterns have all been disturbed. We've suddenly got a lot of space in our lives to sit with, if we're honest, the kind of the mess of our lives, and and that can be quite scary. And um, before Christmas, I spent a week in a monastery, and at the beginning of the week, I didn't know how I was going to handle it. Um, But then because they have. These rhythms of times of prayer, you actually find that those pointers, those markers in the day, set up what it, the gaps in between. And so, mm. for all of us to discover our own kind of monastic life at home—so morning prayer, prayer in the day, night prayer, whatever it might be, either on our own or as a household—those kind of things are really, really important because they root us back to who God is, to meeting with Him, to our faith. And then they inform the kind of solitude or silence or whatever follows.
0: Amen. That's um, really good. Listen, I'd encourage you, if, if you're in that category, to listen back to that again. Um, that's um, gold. Um if you're, if if you were talking to somebody who isn't a Christian who is expressing concerns about their mental health and well-being in the context of um, what's going on? Um, what would you be, um, thinking of saying to them? I and mean, that's a difficult question because you, you don't know what uh, I'm giving you a, um, a hypothetical, a vague hypothetical. Um, but what are the kinds of things that are going on as you're, as you're engaging? Because you've obviously given responses to the Christian. and um, but many people, um, many of our friends are going to be experiencing this even more so because they don't have the, the hope and the anchor and the trust that we have in Christ
1: um so if you were listening and you weren't a christian um i mean uh, and i wasn't allowed to tell you that you you need to find jesus which i would Um, yeah i I think i i I think um those two kind of principles are really key around um around others and around rhythm
0: Mm. Um,
1: so so reach out to somebody or let somebody in um Mm. you know one of the reasons i must confess i've not done joe wicks i've not you know uh i i i don't know why i've i've never
0: really physically you, n- you don't need to
1: somebody once bought a joe wicks dvd on my amazon account who was a housemate of mine to give to um their sister as a um uh, as a birthday present And ever since then i don't know why i've had a thing against joe wicks because he keeps appearing in my amazon feed as if well i want to buy another thing from him so so the fact that he's gone viral is it's like a kind of like it's like kicking the solar plexus
0: yeah. anyway back to
1: but but one of the reasons Joe Wicks is working for everybody is is not just because everybody wants to exercise yeah. because it 's nine o 'clock in the morning and yeah. it 's starting the day and so actually, I think other people in rhythm other people in okay. rhythm um, good the The interesting one is um, there's a there 's an author called Tim Keller, who many of us are Christians will know, and he in his suffering book talks about um different forms of depression, and one of them is being it comes as he talks about it as coming as a result of being aware of all the lies that we've been telling ourselves uh, and and talks about it being quite a Western liberal phenomenon. And in the solution to that is he points to is the truth of Jesus. And actually that's the, that's the bit I would want to say to the non-Christian is other people get them to help you put rhythm in your life. But actually there will be a whole lot of people who will say you need to kind of, you know, think new thoughts, do new things, but actually it, you're just thinking new thoughts about yourself whereas actually the thoughts that god has about you are far more powerful and actually can change you so i would want to say to a new christian to a non somebody who's not a follower of jesus uh who's who's going through this get other people around you put some rhythm in your life and then just consider the person of jesus and who he says you
0: are and who he wants you to be because there's there's healing there Wayne thank you so much that's really helpful and um, I hope that's been of help to you listening and um we encourage you to um tune in again at some point to um to more tea vicar um and uh and we hope it equips you to live the Christian life thanks very much